0: Matthew 11 and verse number 28. A very familiar text, and I want to read it, and we'll have a word of prayer, and then you can be seated. The Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Precious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come into your presence, God, we want to thank you for the songs that we have heard this morning. Thank you for the congregational singing, the special singing. Thank you for the good Sunday school hour and the lesson this morning. and God, for those that, uh, Lord, brought the lesson, brought the songs, we ask you to bless them. I pray now that you'll bless us, God, this morning. Bless the reading of thy word, Lord. We realize that within us dwelleth no good thing. and God, that we cannot do anything without you. I pray, Lord, that you would give us liberty and vocabulary these next few moments. Help us to preach, I pray, and may you be glorified. I pray that souls will be saved and lives will be changed for the glory and the honor of God. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to draw your attention to verse number 29 here in just a moment. But I want to say that in Matthew chapter number 11... Uh, in this chapter here, Jesus uh, uh, speaks a lot of words. In this chapter, words. When I say that, I'm not just talking about the text and the scripture, but I'm talking about the kind of words that that Jesus uses here. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, uh, he uses a word of explanation uh, in the first fifteen verses here, because uh, uh, Christ, throughout the book of Matthew up to this point, uh, he's uh, he's being uh, exalted for. For who he is. You know that Matthew wrote to the Jews and so uh, the early ver- early chapters of the book of Matthew and on throughout, it's revealing the identity of who Jesus is. But when you come to Matthew chapter 11, uh, we know John who was the forerunner of Christ and who uh, preached that he was the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of this world. Uh, uh, John is doubting the identity of Jesus. He sends his disciples and they ask the question, "Art thou he or do we look for another? And John was having momentary doubts. And you know, that happens to every uh, child of God at some point in their life. Uh, uh, there's times that we may doubt our salvation, or we may doubt, uh, uh, you may be here and say, Well, I've never doubted my salvation, but well, you may not have doubted the fact that you're saved, but uh, there may be times that we doubt what he is doing, or where he is at, or who he is at that moment in our life. And so, Jesus gives words uh, of explanation, uh, explaining on John's part. And those that are present as to who he is uh, and then we also see there is a word of condemnation in verse number 20 down to verse number 24 uh, Jesus calls out three cities here and he condemns those cities uh, and he says that because verse number 20 tells us uh, that they repented not, amen now Jesus will condemn anyone uh, uh, that will refuse to repent, you say well I want God to help me and I want God to bless me and I I want God to uh, to look down upon me then friend it's very simple you have to repent, amen anyone that's not willing to repent will never receive the help uh, uh, from the Lord that they need amen, well when we come to verse number 27, uh, Jesus is praying and in verse number 27 notice what he said he said all things are delivered unto me of my father and no man knoweth the son but the father, neither knoweth any any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Now what is Jesus saying here? There's a word of explanation, there's a word of condemnation, but there's a word of invitation. Because Jesus said no man can know the Father, in verse 27, unless they know the Son. And no man can know the Son unless he be revealed unto him. I want to say this morning it's already been testified about. Brother Laddie mentioned it. Brother Danny mentioned it in his lesson this morning. But I want to go on record this morning of saying I thank God for the day that the Holy Spirit pulled the scales off of my eyes and revealed to me who I was and revealed to me who Jesus Christ was. We sing and we celebrate his birth this morning and we celebrate who Christ is. But we that are saved we know that Jesus is is not a babe in a manger he is the son of God sitting high upon the throne next to his holy father uh, ever living to make intercession for us uh, he is the savior of this world uh, and he's a soon coming king uh, and friend he's coming sooner than what a lot of people think he's coming amen I want you to notice something Jesus is talking to a generation that is restless and in verse 29 notice he says he says and ye shall find rest unto your souls. He said in verse number 28, and I will give you rest. I want to preach this morning on how to find rest for your soul this morning. How to find rest for your soul. You see, we're living in a restless society. The world is more restless now than it ever has been. I want to tell you, it's not just the, the those that are lost, but even in Christendom this morning, in our churches, people are more restless than they ever have been. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, going on all around us, and no one knows. Uh, we've never known what the future holds uh, uh, for us in this society, but if there's ever been a time that we're more restless and we don't realize, uh, we're more aware of the fact that we don't know what the future holds, uh, it's the hour that we're living in But I want to say to you and I this morning that are saved, we don't have to live in uncertainty. We don't have to live a restless life. We that are saved have an anchor that is both steadfast and sure. And thank God we know where our future is. We know where our hope is, even in a hopeless hour and in a hopeless society. Thank God we can rise above all the uncertainty. We can rise above all the restlessness and know that our home is not in this world, uh, that we're just pilgrims uh, and we're just strangers, uh, we're just passing through uh, and there is a city whose builder and maker is God, amen. And that city's never looked better and that future's never looked brighter for us that are saved than it is right now. I've never longed more for Jesus to come than the hour that we're living in right now. I've never looked more forward in all my 45 years of living on this earth and 30 years of being saved. I've never looked more forward to Jesus coming than right now, friend. If the trumpet was to sound and the sky was to roll back like a curtain and the Shekinah glory from another world was to shine down and every resurrected saint uh, was to come up out of the grave, uh, my heart would leap for joy. Uh, and listen, every fiber of my being uh, would be thrilled uh, with the anticipation uh, of a home going, uh, of seeing friends and family and loved ones, uh, and I would bid this world goodbye and fly away uh, to that home uh, that is eternal uh, in the presence uh, of God Almighty. Hallelujah had be the greatest Christmas gift you could ever give. Religion cannot satisfy. Formalism is dead, amen? I'm telling you, listen, uh, uh, rituals is nothing more uh, and sermons with no life and no power of God uh, is nothing more than dead orthodoxy. uh, uh, But I tell you what fills my soul with gladness, uh, what lifts my spirit in these days uh, is when I feel the presence uh, of God Almighty. uh, uh, Thank God when the wind of heaven uh, uh, sweeps across your soul, uh, And you know that it's real. And you know that he is real. Thank God to hear his voice and to feel his touch and to know that God has not left you. He has not forsaken you. Thank God it means more than anything in this world. Now I think about that this morning. And I want to say I'm glad that I've got rest for myself. I peeled my head last night and I know that many of you can say amen to this as well. Not worried about tomorrow. Not worried about today. The God of yesterday, he's the God of today and he'll be the God of tomorrow. Is that right? I'm trying to get to this sermon, but I just want to stop and say this. I'm glad that I know him, but most of all, I'm glad he knows me this morning. I'm glad he knows where we live. He knows our name. He knows our address. He knows the hairs that are on top of our head. He sees what we cannot see. He stands where we cannot stand. He goes where you and I cannot go. He's already seen our tomorrows. He's already been through our yesterdays and thank God I'm glad that we can have rest in the Lord this morning. And in this text, Jesus gives the invitation to have rest. I wanna ask you two very important questions. Number one, do you know Jesus Christ this morning? And number two, do you have rest for your soul? You see, this morning, if you know him, then you know what rest is. But just because you're saved, you may have rest and salvation, but there's a lot of sorrows and troubles that comes in life there's burdens and there's battles and there's hilltops and there's valleys and and there's struggles and there's desert to cross and there's storms to face and and there's disappointments in life. We can all testify about that. But I want to tell you this morning that the burdens that we bear and the battles that we face uh, and I want to say the circumstances that come against us and the difficulties that we go through does not compare, my friend, to the gospel. Uh, It outweighs the cross. Uh, It outweighs the heaviness, it outweighs the heartache to know the gospel and to be saved on the terms of the gospel. It far exceeds anything that you'll ever face in life because it's your worst day at being saved. It's still better than your best day being unsaved. And can I tell you this morning if he never blessed me again, if he never did another thing in my life again, all I could do is raise my head and say, God, you've been all for good to me and you have blessed me and I owe you the rest of my life to say thank you for doing far more than what I ever deserved or I ever expected hallelujah bless his name this morning I say glory to God hallelujah I say bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is a good day in all of our life when the gospel came to our doorstep He's been good to us. We have nothing to complain about this morning. We have nothing, no sad stories, no disappointment to, to claim this morning for anything less than a slaughter ought to be counted a blessing in our life. God has been good to us. And in this text, I want you to notice three words, three key words in this text on how to find rest for yourself. I want you to see first of all the word come in verse 28. Jesus said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. When I think about the word come this morning, I think about it has to do with that of salvation. The invitation is come. That little word come means that children can come. It means that older people can come. It means that middle-aged people can come. It means that everyone can come. I like it in this verse. If you notice, Jesus said, come unto me. I want to tell you this morning, that speaks of trusting this morning because you go to the people that you trust uh, when hard times come in your life. You go to those that you trust uh, when you're in need. And Jesus said, come unto me. If you'll come to God, it takes faith to come to God. You see, God may be invisible, but he's not imaginary. This morning, he's as real as the nose on your face, Uh, and if you'll come to him and trust him uh, and put your faith in him, uh, he'll save your soul. This morning, Proverbs chapter three and verse number five said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Uh, David said in Psalms 56 and verse number three, "What." time I'm afraid. I will trust in thee. The Bible said in the book of Nahum chapter 1 and verse number 7, he said, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knoweth them that trusteth in him. I want to tell you this morning, you may not be able to trust a lot of things around you. You may not even be able to trust a lot of people you come in contact with, but you can trust him this morning. He'll never disappoint you. He'll never let you down. I'm telling you, you can trust him with your soul. You can trust him with your life. You can trust him with your health. You can trust him with your family. You can trust him with your problems. You can trust him with your burdens. You can trust him with your trials. You can trust him in the daylight. But you can trust him in the darkness. You can trust him when you don't know where he's at. You can trust Jesus this morning. I'm glad I serve a God that's trustworthy. I'm glad I preach about a Savior it's been tried and trusted and he's true. I'm telling you this morning, I've never met anyone that ever met him that said they were sorry that they met him. I've never met anyone that ever found him that said they wish they could have go back to the way they were. I want to tell you this morning, it's good to trust Jesus. Even in the hard times of life, come this morning and the invitation is salvation, but you got to trust him today. Now, I've seen this in the altar many times. More so in probably the last 10 years than before. I've watched people come to the altar under conviction and they could have got saved, but they didn't get saved because they weren't willing to trust Jesus. Trusting is not hard. Trusting is turning loose and putting faith in the one that can help you. You see, if you come to this altar this morning and you want to hang on to something yourself, you're not really trusting. If you come to this altar this morning, you say, oh, preacher, I want to be saved, but you're not trusting. If you come to this altar this morning and you got any reservations about who you are and who he is, you're not trusting. I've seen people on the altar and I've asked them, what'd you come for? And they, you knew it was on their mind, but they couldn't get it out their lips. Why, well, I just come down here to pray. Pray about what? God won't help you like that. You can't come to this altar and start manipulating God or, or trying to cut a deal with God. You say, well, preacher, how do you get help? How do you get saved? You come to this altar and you throw yourself at the mercy of God and you say, dear God, I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to go to hell. I know I'll never save myself. I, I can't pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I, I'm drowning in a pit of sin. I, I'm going to hell on a highway to hell. I, oh, God, I'm just trusting you. If I get to heaven, it won't be because of me. It'll be because of your son and what Jesus did at Calvary. I'm telling you, friend, when you trust, you just wave the old white flag and say, you know what, I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to figure this out. I'm just gonna, I'm tired of trying to put it together. I'm just gonna start trusting, amen. And When you start trusting, God will start working. Brother, when I got saved, It was when I realized I couldn't save myself. When you get saved, you gotta come to the end of yourself. If you don't think you're a sinner, you can't get saved. And if you don't think you're the worst sinner on earth, you can't get saved. Well, I'm not as bad as so and so. Then you can't be saved. You say, well, preacher, you don't know what they did. Doesn't matter. People don't go to hell because of what they do. They go to hell because of who they are. Well, I never did this or I never did that. I'm a sinner, but I'm not as big of a sinner. You're still a sinner and people go to hell because they're sinners and sinners need a savior and you've got to come and trust that savior. You can't trust yourself. You can't trust religion. You can't trust your mom and dad. You say, but my mom and dad are great Christians. That's wonderful, but it ain't got a thing to do with you being saved. You say, well, surely I'll get in because... As far as I know, all my family's going. You won't get in on your family's coattail. You have to learn to trust God for yourself. You have to come to the place where you swallow your pride and you trust Jesus to save you. You say, how did I get rid of that? You see yourself as wicked as you are, as ungodly as you are you say preacher I, I don't like to be told that I'm ungodly the flesh don't like that but I want to tell you I remember when I was lost uh, and I remember the man of God preaching to my soul uh, and the invitation being given in the Holy Ghost uh, uh, dealing with my heart and saying you're lost uh, you're a sinner you deserve to go to hell but Jesus if you'll trust him he'll save you uh, I'll tell you friend if you'll step out of that pew and come to this old fashioned altar it'll be the best trip you ever made uh, but you've got to humble yourself. You can't let the people sitting around you or the person sitting behind you. You can't be worried about what your family's going to think or you can't be worried about what everybody thinks I'm saying. Everybody thinks I'm a good member in this church. I want to tell you good members go to hell just like good drunkards and just like a whole lot of other good sinners. Goodness will not get you in the kingdom of heaven. you got to turn loose of all of that and my friend take hold of salvation. It's in a person, trust Jesus this morning. You're here today, and you say that you have doubts, and uh, you say, "Preacher, I, I doubt my salvation. I struggle with that." It's because you're trying instead of trusting. It doesn't mean you hadn't been saved, but you got to quit trying to have eternal or to have a security. When a soul is resting. That soul is saved, that soul is satisfied, and that soul is secured. It's secured in the fact that I I couldn't do anything to save me to begin with. So I can't do anything to keep me. You say, Brother Grable, has the devil ever told you you're lost? He's told me I was lost more times than I could ever remember. But you know what? The Lord only told me I was lost one time. And when he told me I was lost, I did the only thing I could. I didn't go the first time I got saved. Or the first time I got convicted. The first time he said I was lost, I didn't go to the altar and get saved right then. But I'll tell you when he told me I was lost and showed me I was lost I did the only thing I could do I agreed with him against myself I said dear God you're right I deserve to go to hell I don't want to go to hell and you know what he said I don't want you to go to hell neither we both agreed against myself we both agreed I couldn't save myself and we both agreed that Jesus loved me and that he wants to save me and thank God I'm in agreement with him he said if you'll do the coming I'll do the keeping amen and the best way I knew how, I came to Jesus. I fell in his mercy, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Amen. And when the devil tells me I'm lost, I say, take it up with God. And I never hear another word. You see, this morning, salvation is entrusting. That word come, that's how you find rest. Do you have rest this morning? Are you saved? Do you know that? What are you trusting or who are you trusting to take you to heaven? What's going to get you there, friend? I want to say secondly this morning. Notice this second word. Look what he said in verse 29. He said, take my yoke upon you. You ought to think about that word take. That word come has to do with salvation. That word take has to do with submission. Jesus said in this verse, he said, take my yoke upon you. That has to do with the will of an individual. Christ will not put his yoke upon you. You're going to have to take it. After you get saved, you'll have to surrender. You'll have to submit to God. In salvation, there is submission. In in living for God, there is submission. Christ will not force you to live for Him, to serve Him. I see a lot of people that uh, claim to be saved and some of them may even be saved, but they're restless. You know why? Because they've never submitted to Him. You may be here this morning and say preacher, I know I'm saved, but I'm really tore up about the hour we're living in. I'm really tore up about all the things going on around this world. I'll tell you friend where you're going to find rest for your soul is when you put your soul in the hands of God, when you trust Him, when you put your life in the hands of God, Jesus said, take my yoke. Uh, A yoke, uh, my friend, was made out of wood. Uh, It was handcrafted by someone uh, and there would be a double yoke uh, and there would be a single yoke uh, and Jesus said, I want you to take my yoke upon you. Uh, uh, Listen, what that means is uh, is that you get in that yoke uh, and whenever they would put one of those animals in that yoke, uh, oftentimes uh, uh, they would put it in a double yoke uh, uh, with a more experienced uh, a more stronger, a more capable animal that knew how to guide and knew the direction that it was going and it knew what to do. I want to tell you when we got saved, uh, thank God we took his yoke upon us. Uh, I'm glad, hallelujah, I'm not living for myself and I'm not living by myself but there's someone a whole lot stronger, a whole lot more experienced, uh, someone that knows the way, someone that will guide the way Uh, and Jesus said if you'll get him the yoke with me, uh, I'll lead you. And I'll guide you And I'll direct you Hallelujah. Hallelujah Have you submitted to God this morning Your life Or is there some part of your life You're holding on to today Is there something this morning That you're clinging to Is there something between you and the Lord This morning Submit to God Take his yoke upon you I, I, I know this morning That there's rest in salvation but there's rest in submission this morning. When you come to that place after you've been saved, where you get on an altar and say, God, I'm yours. Lord, I fully surrender my life to you. There's a rest and there's a peace that comes with that that words cannot express. You see, this morning when you surrender that will to God's will, then he will give you rest. Perhaps you're saved this morning. You look around and you say, well, I see people in the church and And they seem like they're just always living in victory. And it seems like we think about saints of God that have made such an impression on our souls. And it seems like they never struggle. It seems like they never have some of the battles that I have. And and that's not true. They do. But the difference is is maybe they have submitted to God and you have not. You see, maybe you're still trying to hold on to something. Maybe you're still trying to control your life. Uh, Maybe you're still trying to uh, to map out your own course. Uh, I'll tell you the easiest thing to do is to submit to God and say God whatever you will whatever your desire is for my life I'm just in the yoke you do the pull and you do the lead and you do the directing you do the guiding in my life and you take me where you want me to go and you'll find rest for your soul you know a man came to me one time it's been probably five or six years ago and he said to me he said would you pray about uh coming and preaching in our church that we, we need a pastor. And I said, no, I won't even pray about that. And he said, well, why not? I said, well, I said, for starters, I said, I, I'm loving tormenting the people I'm pastoring too much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some of y'all ain't laughing. I said, no, I don't even need to pray about it. I appreciate it. He said, you won't even talk to God about it? I said, no. I said, I'm, I got rest where I'm at. I know I'm in the center of God's will. I don't have to to try to figure that out. You say, well, preacher, what if God ever wanted you to leave? What if he ever wanted to change orders? He'd let me know that. But until he taps me on the shoulders, why worry about it? So many times in life we get ourselves in a mess because we contemplate things that God never wanted us to contemplate. If you're in God's will, why would you want to entertain anything else? Don't let people Don't let things Don't let circumstances Everything's not always been rosy Even in a good church It has its burdens You know that You have burdens I have burdens We all have burdens in life But just because circumstances change It doesn't mean the will of God changes Just because we're not seeing the blessings That we want to see in some area of our life It doesn't mean pull up stakes And go somewhere else Or do something else It means to be faithful It means to stick with the stuff It means to Just stay the course. I'm telling you this morning, friend, the word of God has to be what we submit ourselves to. It has to be the final authority in our life. The word of God, not the word of a man. You know, last Sunday evening I was sitting there in my office and I was looking at a passage of scripture for I was looking for a passage of scripture for someone else that I was going to write down to give to them. They'd asked me about something, and so I was. I was trying to find a word for them and in doing that I went to a book of the Bible and I thought, well, you know, I haven't read this book in a long time. Maybe there's something there. And I started reading chapter 1 and I was looking at a a word for them and I'm going to tell you something, God gave me a word. Something I wasn't expecting. Something that was so clear that I couldn't deny that that's God speaking to me through His word. I don't understand all of it. I don't have all the answers to what God told me, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, last Sunday afternoon, about 3 o'clock, sitting there, God clearly spoke to me by His Word. I don't have to figure the rest of it out. It's just assurance to know. He said something to me. The Bible always says something to us. But there's times when God says... I'm saying something to you about this. It's about that. And I want to tell you this morning, being in the center of God's will is most important in your life. There's problems, but there's rest. I think some people are sitting here this morning and your life is in a turmoil and you're saved. And you're never going to get out of that yo-yo you're in. You know why? Because you just won't submit to God. How many years you may be here, you may be in your forties, you may be in your fifties, you you may be in your sixties, and you're you're always living in a bind, you're always in a turmoil, you're never really satisfied, you're always up and down and out, and you just can't never figure things out in life, and in the end you're somewhat dissatisfied with the way things have turned out. I'm gonna tell you, friend, what the answer to that is Submit. Get so disgusted with your own self and your life that you take your hands completely off of it and say, God, it's a wreck. I give it to you. You'll find rest. Then I want to say in closing this morning there's a third word. It's the word learn. Jesus said, Learn of me. I think that's a word of supplication, it means to, it's a word of fellowship. It's what it means to study and I understand it can mean that but to to learn someone you know what that means? It means you have to get to know them. It means you have to spend time with them. The more time you spend with them the more you learn them. It's amazing in a a church family how we learn each other, isn't it? We We learn when to talk to some people and when not to talk to some people. Is that right? We look at people and we learn when they're happy, and we learn, well, they're not too happy today. I'll talk to them tonight. Now, you know you've never thought that. We look at some people, we learn their ways. We know some people's always living on the mountaintop, they're always happy. Some people live down in the valley every day. The only time they're happy is when they're miserable. That's right. No lilies in their valley, I tell you that. Are always down into the, and we learn people, don't we? You know why? Because we've been around. There's some people when you meet them for the first time, now this is going to get me in trouble, but I have to be honest, and don't you start sprouting halos. Amen? There's some people when you first meet them, let's just be honest, you don't like them. I hope that wasn't me. (laughs) You don't like that person. And you want to avoid them. You don't want to talk to them. You want to stay away from them. You don't want to, you're just like, I don't need that person in my life. Do you know what? After you get to know some people, you find out what you were missing out on. Some people, you just had to learn them. You had to learn their ways. A relationship with a couple gets better the the longer they're married if they're right with God because they learn each other. It's that way in the home, amen. You know what it is? It comes from spending time with people. And some people, you'll never know how great of a person they really was because you never learned them. We never spent the time with them. You know, it's that way with the Lord. I don't want to know Jesus from afar off, do you? I don't want Jesus just to be the Savior that I sing about and listen to on Sunday and Wednesday. Oh, no. I want to learn His ways, don't you? I don't want Him to be the the God that I pray to in Sunday school, but I want Him to be more than that. I want Him to be the God on Monday, don't you? I want Him to be the God on Tuesday. I want Him to be the God that that when you sit down at night... um, you hear his voice, or when you go to bed at night, he's the last person that you talk to, uh, the first person you think about in the morning. You say, Preacher, can it be that real? Oh, it'll be that real, but you're going to have to learn him. Uh, you're going to have to learn to sup with him. You're going to have to open his book. You're going to have to read his word. Uh, you have to spend time in prayer. You have to make time. Uh, but the more time you make, the more time you want to take. Amen? Uh, because it's good and it's real. Uh, and some days the conversation is sweeter than others. Jesus said, learn of me. There's things the Lord said if you just spent time with me. You can hear people talk about it. But you'll never know it until you learn it for yourself. I want to tell you, it's like you can tell a child 2 plus 2 equals 4. But until they learn it for themselves, it doesn't mean anything. I think sometimes in church, that's the way it is. People sit in, they hear preaching. Oh, they've heard a ton of preaching. But they've never learned Christ. They've never walked personally. I want to ask you this morning, number one, are you saved? But number two, you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Is God real to you this morning? As they come and get us a song ready. You say, preacher, why is it so important? Because you find rest for your soul. You know, there's two sides of me this morning. When I think about this, there's a spiritual side. There's a carnal side. And if I allow that carnal man to have control of my life, and let's just be honest, sometimes I do, it'll overtake you. Put a lot of fear in you in these days. It can even cause a lot of animosity. But when you let that spiritual man take control, there's rest. There's rest this morning in knowing that no matter what happens in this world, Christ is the answer today. I'll tell you, I thank God for our church this morning. But do you know that if I was to contemplate all the ifs, the possibilities, and all the things around us this morning, why it would look like in this church as well as any other church, well, there's no way we can survive. But I'll tell you something. The church is going to survive. The church has survived the fire and the flood. Persecution and problems, trials and troubles, poverty, starvation, imprisonment. But the old ship of Zion is still sailing today. We're not here because it wasn't hardships. We're here because there were those that learned of Christ. They submitted to Him. They took on His yoke and they came to Him and they found out that there's no problem, there's no pressure, there's no trial, there's no heartache. There's nothing in life that what He cannot see you through. He'll save your soul this morning. That's right. If you'll just trust Him. Trust Jesus. I want to ask you this morning as we stand. Are you fully, fully trusting Him? Some of you are doubting your own salvation. Some of you need to be saved. Some of you need to doubt your salvation. Because what you have isn't real. But there's some of you that you just struggle with it. And you love God and you try to live for God and the devil. He loves to hang you up on it. Why don't you just get an altar and say, I'm tired of trying and I'm going to start trusting. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus Christ. Hey, you may have a burden this morning. You may have a trial that is lingering over your head this morning. Come. Come unto me. All oh, you that labor and are heavy laden. I'm tired of this thing beating me down. I'm tired of this thing holding over my head. Come this morning. It's that simple. You say, what do I do when I get there? You put it in His hands. You take your burden to the Lord. And you leave it with God this morning. Say, God, I, I'm not going to bear this no more. It's yours. I give it to you. Can you let him help you this morning?